Dude, thanks for sitting down and chatting. Uh, Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Uh, congrats on Rwanda. That's got to be... I Thank mean, you. how do you feel about that? Like, uh, any any one of us that's watching and cheering for you guys out there, we're like, oh, my God, he's on the podium. How did you feel? Were you super... Were you disappointed at all not to win? Like, obviously, a little bit maybe, or, like, just, like, sure. I'm stoked to be here? Or what's that vibe? Sure. Uh, the, I mean, the team and I definitely had a plan to, like, be on the podium at the end of the race. So, like... We did accomplish that goal, but knowing how many ups and downs we faced and encountered throughout the week and even before the race and during the race, um, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm, I'm really happy with where I landed at the end of the race and uh, obviously definitely wanted to win, you know, would have been amazing, but, you know, multiple podiums throughout the week and then third overall, I'm, I'm quite happy and we definitely came out uh, on top and, and accomplished what we came in there to do. What do you think when you mentioned the ups and downs, what do you think was the biggest down that you guys had to overcome, whether during or beforehand? Um, definitely as a, as a team, it was the complications of bikes. Um, we didn't have a Swanee come. He had some uh, complications back at home he had to get to. Um, and then like we didn't we did not have a single piece of equipment until the morning of the race. Wow. So we were scrambling and we were there four days before and everyone's going out on their morning rides, spinning, doing four hours, like getting good training in before the race. And we were kind of just sitting there in our hotel room, just sweating, just in the hot room, just like, what are we going to do? And I started reaching out to literally all the teams that were there. Uh, there was TSG, um, Bike Aid, Medellin. I, I messaged like 10 or 15 guys. Cause I was like, no shame. I, can I have a bike? Do you guys have anything we could use? And thankfully T uh, TSG Taranganu came through with a spare bike. Uh, we had a teammate that brought a trainer for like, for whatever reason, I don't know why he brought it. No, All the way over there to Rwanda. Yes. We don't usually bring trainers to any kind of stage race. Cause we always ride outside before the race, you know, yeah. cause we have our bikes. Um, and thank God, I don't know what he was thinking, but I'm glad he was thinking it. Uh, he brought a trainer, a small little trainer, feedback sports, like fitting a little nice carry on size bag. Um, so shout out to the feedback sports. They kind of saved our race. <laughs> Dude. So were you all sharing one trainer? Like, okay, yes. yo, you're up so, next. Yeah. So we would get, it was a, it was a 54. <laughs> I'm hey, listen to this. It was a 54 centimeter or the size was 54. We get on it. I'm, I get on it first. I set the size up. And then we have Cormac, who's like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, he just jacks the seat post as high as it can go and like looks like a goon on the bike because he's all hunched in. and like. Oh, my God. And then we have someone that's like 5'6", five, 5'5", five, five, like really like a lot shorter than him. And he like slams the seat post. And he looks funny because he's super stretched yeah. out. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Like we, we all shared about an hour to an hour and a half of the trainer every day. So we just swap off all day long and uh, try to get some training in before the race. Um, dude, that, but that was really, it was really difficult for sure. <laughs> That's, dude, that I think everybody that hears this, you like the podium and all the results throughout the week, even more amazing. Right. <laughs> What's, what do you, what would you guys have done then? So if you get there four days beforehand, someone's mm -hmm. going to hear you be like, whoa, four hour ride. People are riding that much before a stage race. What right. makes you feel comfortable? What's that? So let's say you start what starts on Sunday. So what would like Thursday, Friday, Maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What would those look like? Thursday, normally? Friday, Saturday. Um, so we we actually got in Wednesday at like 2 a.m. It was already as late as it was. So we were really tired. 
So, uh, or I guess it would have been Wednesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday okay. morning. Okay. So we get there, it's Wednesday. So, you know, if we had all the equipment and everything, Wednesday would have been a two hour shakeout, no intervals. Thursday would have been- bike is good, just cruise. Yeah. yeah, cruise around, look at the city, go to a coffee shop. You know, it would have been a lot of fun. We would have had, a, we would have just basically been tourists for the first four days before the race. That's usually what we do since we can't be tourists during the race. So we try to take it all in beforehand. And then Thursday would have been maybe like a three hour endurance ride. Friday would have been two to three hours with some efforts. And then Saturday maybe would have been an hour and a half. That's probably what I would have done. I only say four hours because there was a team that was out doing four hours because we were trying to figure out what bike we were going to ride. And they were like, oh, we're not going to be back till two o'clock. We're on a four hour ride. So, you know, maybe I wouldn't have done that, but some teams do. It's interesting that you said I was just making a comment to my coach uh, about I went down to do a Georgia State road race. And for a while, maybe four or five years ago, I stopped when I was working in medical devices. It was getting really crazy for me to do like openers the day before a Saturday race. So I would just do like an endurance ride on Thursday. Just take Friday off like you're driving five hours to wherever I was living in upstate New York then. So driving to Vermont and then just racing Saturday. And I almost felt like I was feeling better than doing like a day off, then openers and then race. And so like individuals, I'm always curious what people are doing before. And, you know, it's interesting seeing athletes that when they go in with no stress and they still do like a chill Thursday, longer ride, take Friday off, they show up to the race and they ride amazingly well. And they're like, wait a minute, do I not need to be so paranoid about these bike races and like have we try and like overdo so, it. I think sometimes so that's a good, that's a good point. And I, I think a lot of people don't understand that like your training is done weeks before the race. Like, and, and that just, and what we had to go through as a team kind of just shows that you don't need to have perfect training a couple days leading up to the race. Because, you know, I was a little freaked out personally. I, I was definitely like, yikes, I'm not sure how my legs are going to respond after just spinning for an hour and doing like a couple efforts um, on the trainer, like every day for three days before the race. I was like, you know, I've never done this before. Like, yikes. But I really just had to like trust my training and trust my legs. And, and I did, and they really came through. And I, you know, I, I have not felt, I don't think I felt that good on a bike during a stage race, probably ever. Like I, I definitely raced one of the best races of my life during that week. Do you feel like, well, you had an amazing result. You were second on the first stage. So I was going to say, do you feel like you got better as the race went on, but you were pretty on fire right out of the gate. (laughs) Would you do that maybe again, like less riding or more rest or good point. You know, um, I think I will take more rest during the next big stage race because I did feel better as the week got on. And during the middle of stage one, like my heart rate was like 180. I was like breathing so heavily. Like I was really tired and I was worried. I was like, I feel like I'm gonna get dropped at these climbs. You know, it's not doing, I'm not doing so hot. And then like the end of the race came around. I just followed some wheels and had a, had a good sprint. Um, and again, my legs were just there. And yeah. so I, I think, I think rest is a huge key. Um, but you have to remember, we just came off of tour of Turkey and then multiple trips beforehand. So that's you know, I had a lot of racing in the, in me before Rwanda. Okay. That's huge to know. It's funny. We had Adam Hansen on here and he, I can't remember what year this was, but they had a sponsor issue with wheels and he went from 
tour of Turkey. I don't know if I have the timeline correct. I believe it was tour to Turkey to Perry Nice. And he was, I forget where he was. He wasn't with the team. They couldn't get him wheels. And he's like, okay, I'm going hiking. And he ended up getting a break with like Tony Martin came in second, I believe to Tony, but anyways, had an amazing result. And all of his teammates were like, forget biking. We're going to go hiking all week. And he's like, dude, I hiked for like six days. It's all I could do. But you know, <laughs> cardiovascularly, my, my heart was at endurance pace and I usually do off the bike stuff. So I wasn't like totally killing my legs. And sure. he goes, he's like an engineer. So he goes all in. He's like, you don't want to hike down because it's a different muscle tearing than hiking up. So you hike up and then you get a ride down. And I'm like, dude, Adam, you're freaking crazy, man. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> you're so crazy. Well, man, so the next race then you were mentioning is nationals. Um, mm-hmm. You did that in 2019. What's your thoughts going into that? Um, you know, definitely looking forward to, to a good result there, you know, podium or win. Um, I, I really, you know, know, know and believe that my training has, you know, come up a notch, especially two years since two years ago, even last year when I raced just a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited. You know, I know that the competition is extremely hard. There's some very talented, uh, cyclists out there. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the race and I think I can compete uh, with the at the finish for the win what do you think how do you approach a race like that so obviously it's gonna be the best competition in the u.s everybody's gunning for that jersey how do you think of preparation when that course you go up that climb it's like a two and a half minute effort i want to say correct like 11 times are you doing anything duration wise like on the plus minus of that or are you more like just dialing in your overall training like I don't, do you get super specific for it or are you just like hey this is another race i don't have to do anything super specific to it, that. pretty pretty specific so okay. my coach and i i work with adam mills from source endurance i've been working with him for since i started my cycling career and um it's been wonderful i've had nothing but positive success through him and it's, it's been great awesome. and um we get, we get pretty specific. Um, we're definitely train changing my training plan from stage racing training to one day racing. Mm-hmm. So I, before this, I would do like four or five days of like four hour plus with maybe one or two of those days being super specific with a lot of intervals. Mm-hmm. Um, but just then the rest, a lot of endurance, just because every day I'm going to have to be doing at least four hours of riding during the race. However, for us pro, it's like what my coach always says is he's like, Alex, it's one day. The next day when you're at the airport and the dude with the jersey is like sleeping in, no one's going to care how your legs feel on Monday at all. Everyone only cares about how they feel on Sunday. And so we really try to work on hitting extremely hard days, like two to three of them throughout the week with the rest being pretty much rest days, one to two hours of rest or endurance pace. Um, so the training is definitely different and way, way more specific throughout the, throughout that one day. What would be like a specific training session for that course then? Um, so funny you asked like tomorrow, for instance, I have five and a half to six hours with every 20 minutes. I have to hit 400 to 450 Watts for two and a half minutes, like Perfect. pretty much on the dot. So like that really emulates the nationals course, like mm-hmm. every 20 ish minutes, looking back at my power file from when we can see the whole course, we'd see, it's like, okay, you take about 20 minutes to get there and your power's at like 240 for that 20 minutes. 
So why at a pretty high endurance pace and then absolutely smash for two and a half minutes around four to four fifty, and do that every 20 minutes for the next six hours. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not looking forward to that, right? It's going to be really hard. Uh, so something like that is, is what I would say is super specific. It's going to feel good though, when you crush it and you like, you come back and you look at that file and you're like uploading and you're just like, I'm ready. I'm ready I'm to ready. go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of that, so feeling ready, do you have any like go-to intervals or sessions that you like that make you feel like sort of like a litmus test, like, okay, I'm ready to go crush this. Or do you just, you know, maybe since everything, since you're doing stage races, you're doing one day racing, like it kind of is just going to ebb and flow with different types of workouts based on the goal ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, For the most part, uh, whether it's in, whether it's one day or a stage race, a few days before I'll be, I'll be given some sort of openers, if you will, uh, efforts that are like eight minutes long, like maybe two by eight minutes for like during, or three by eight minutes during a two hour ride. Um, and when I hit those, like before, for instance, when I was early on this year in February, the first race, uh, in Turkey that I did, or one of the first races, I did a three by eight minutes up these Hills, absolutely smashed it, felt wonderful, had two days before the race came in, did the race, got second. And, you know, I was like, wow, okay, that, that was sick. Like I did these efforts, felt really good and did really well. And then on the, and then on the flip side, a couple, a couple weeks later when we were still there, I, after like a massive training block. So we like trained 33, 34 hours, a couple weeks before these, at these next one days, I go out a couple days before I hit these, I try to hit the same intervals. I don't hit them. And I'm like, Oh, like tomorrow could be rough. Tomorrow yeah. could definitely be rough. And it was, it was really tough. And I think I got like top 10, top 15 and not, not where I wanted to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just a, an example. It obviously varies from person to person and I don't even do them every race. So, you know, I, I try not to get too uh, meticulous with that kind of stuff because you know, I'm not a huge believer in set things right before the race or two days before the race. I'm kind of just like, I trust my legs. I work out really hard and I know I'm going to be good because I trust, I honestly, I trust, I just trust my coach. I know he's going to get me there. And that's what it comes down to. That is really awesome to hear. There've been other athletes on here that have talked about just the benefits of not getting too strict with yourself of the lead up because like, 100%. I mean, we, we, we talked about Rwanda, like you guys did not see that curveball coming. You just got to be nope. nimble on your toes. Whereas if mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I got to be eating this thing and I need to be doing this thing. And I got to do exactly that. Like, it's just not going to unwind that way. And it's going to mentally mess us up as we're getting ready for our big goal. So mm-hmm. what is mindset of like going into these races? Do you think about that at all? Like, do you focus on mindset going in, um, in terms of just trying to be mentally prepared? It's kind of a wide open topic, but is that cross, no pun intended, cross your mind at all? Um, or how do you think about that? It definitely does. Um, you know, this year has been different than most years. Mm -hmm. I'm finally in a position where I can race for the GC, Mm -hmm. like truly race for the GC and have my whole team come around me and support me, uh, 100%. And it's, it's wonderful when that all comes together, but definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely difficult racing as a GC rider. You have you know, so much to like think about and to like process and understand because you're not just trying to get in a break and, Oh, if it doesn't happen, you're fine. Like, you know, you can't make mistakes. You can't 
miss a move. You can't have bad legs. Like there's so much pressure going into these stage races. Um, you know, I, I definitely talk with my directors beforehand because they know I'm young in this new role that I've come across over the past few months. And they definitely help me ease my mind. We talk about all these scenarios. They, they like, let me know that everything's fine. They tell me that, you know, that they believe in me and they trust that I have put the work in to do well. And, you know, just stuff like that helps me really uh, not think about like being stressed out and whatnot before the race. And personally, just going into it, knowing that I have the legs, you just, you have to just be strong. You have to be mentally strong. You know, there's nothing else. There's nothing else. There's no other way around it. What are ways that you've tried to sort of go through that process of organizing all the things you're talking about as a GC rider for keeping tabs on everyone, let's say like one thing that I'm a bigger dude. And so as uh, if I would go to like a cat one stage race, like you're from Kansas. I don't know if you know, like green mountain or like cat skills, these Northeast races back when it was probably like 20 back when it's still called NRC. So it was like mostly regional, regional teams up there. I would do well on a time trial and maybe good in a road race. And if there was like four stages, like a circuit race, once it became like, okay, this guy's got 20 seconds on you. This guy's only five behind you. You've got this team who's racing for this thing. And there was all these tabs. I, w- I got really confused by all of that. And it was one thing that I could, I had a really hard time. Like you said, you're not, you're not just going in a break. You're trying to like, do I go with this group, but I got to worry about this guy. And it be, how are you, what kind of learning process have you gone through in helping yourself stay calm and feel organized? And maybe is the team helping you in the radio or like, it's a whole other chaos that a lot of athletes don't get to experience. And it's one that I definitely failed at. I was not, I was like, and then once I got up to, if I ever get in a race with you guys, I'm definitely not a GC rider. So I'm like, great. I'll be the guy that goes in the break and you guys figure it out back there. Like I'm happy to, to be the, just the guy up the road. It was so much easier. (laughs) How do you approach that? Um, So I, I definitely, it, I'm very blessed with the team that I have this year. You know, I, I, I have, there are some of the most experienced riders in the country, if not in the world that are on this team this year. Um, and they have really helped me develop as a rider just over the past few months. Mm. Um, so it's definitely a team. It's definitely come down to like a team team thing for me. Um, I, I trust them fully and they guide me in the right way because they, they've been in the same position as I have. You know, they're a little older riders, but they know what to do, what to expect, what's going to happen. And they just kind of guide me through that process. And then once the right move goes up the road, you know, they'll be like, all right, Alex, you got to watch this guy. Uh, but don't worry about these guys because this dude is the main GC guy. So if he misses this move, his team's going to pull on the front. So like, don't even worry about guys that are fourth place, fifth place, sixth place. You only got to worry about one guy. So when they make it simpler for you, it's kind of like, Oh, this is a lot. Okay, sure. That's easy. All I have to do is just make it in the front group up a climb. I mean, it's a lot harder than it sounds, but like if you, if you have the legs, yeah, that's all you have to think about. And that's been one of the most like comforting things to me is the team that I'm surrounded by is a very experienced, well-rounded team. That is a really cool way of highlighting, again, how much of a team sport cycling is. It's almost like the, the soft skills that a team can provide you. It's not Absolutely. just 
it's not just like okay shelter Alex so that he doesn't get hit by the wind on this turn or like you know all the things that we so much more it's um that's a really good thing to highlight I like that a lot what's So getting ready for the race is like really open into question. What do you think is the most important aspect of your training? And let's go actually mm-hmm. kind of like big picture, whether sure. you think it's like race specificity or, you know, whatever it might be. And then maybe uh, like workouts. Oh, people always ask me, ask people, what workouts are they doing? What are your favorite ones? And mm-hmm. uh, obviously, so, question. so for the broader picture, I would, I would 100% say consistency. There's a lot of guys that will go out there and, you know, they're super strong. They hit a couple days, but then they like, then they don't train the next week or something. And I'm not, I'm not saying anyone does that. I I don't really know. I'm just saying personally, it happens. Sure. It happens. Right. I mean, guys guys have off days. I have off days. Everyone does. Um, But the one big thing for me is consistency and hitting all of my workouts, all of my rides, is probably one of the biggest factors as to why, as to where I am now. Um, and I definitely took a big step up in that last fall, hitting some big, big weeks back to back to back and t- taking my endurance up a notch because I really think that I've been able to rely on my endurance from last fall during these races. So take Turkey, for example, I come into that not super hot. I'm getting better and better, better as the week goes on. And then the race is over. Then we go to this training camp in the mountains and I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to overdo it. I want to kind of be fresh for Rwanda. So I hit a couple big days, get fresh and then go to Rwanda and, you know, obviously not train a whole lot before the race because of what happened. And then, and then Rwanda hit and then I get even better, better and better. So those periods that we're not racing, I'm really just relying on the training that I did in the past. Obviously I'm not doing nothing during those days, but I don't feel like I have to hit a four hour day with a 250 TSS score to mm-hmm. feel like I'm going to be ready for the next race. Uh, that's been really important. So when you talk about, cause someone might hear you say, wait, he just said he did a big day and got fresh. So you're, you can go do like a five hour endurance ride, but you're truly riding endurance. You're not, Right, you know, some people say, Oh, I'm going for an endurance ride, and you look at the finals, like, dude, you spent like 10% of the time at threshold. Like, that's not <laughs> an endurance ride. Do you focus on any uh do you do it by feel or are you looking at like a percentage of FTP that you want to focus on? Or is Adam telling you something like don't go above this, or how does that work for you? Yeah, uh, so I'm again I, I work really closely with Adam. We talk on a pretty regular basis, and he's an extremely smart uh person when it comes to knowing the body and you know, I, I, I almost joke, but like he knows my body better than I know myself mm-hmm. because he's in there every day working on this program on WKO5 or whatever it is. It's a very high end training program that calculates so many things. I don't even know what there, there's IF, there's IT, there's CTL, there's CIL, there's CAL, whatever, you know, and he knows all of it. And he knows when my body's going to peak, when it's going to be tired. And so when I go out and ride, like I just, I really trust the workouts that he ha- he has for me. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't overthink it. If I can't hit the intervals, I don't get upset. I don't get like flustered. I just do the endurance and, you know, say, Hey, Adam couldn't get the intervals in. I'm going to just do them tomorrow. I'm not going to freak out about it. I'm not going to stress out. It's not going to do me any good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely been one of the key things to keeping my head on straight because cycling is about as mental as it is physical, um, as far as toughness goes. Dude, that's a, that past line is like, if I had like a snippet tagline of just you explain so people could hear, don't freak out if you fail the day. And like, you know, sometimes no. you just move on. It's not the end of the world or, Need to I mean, on. it will eat you alive if you don't. <laughs> it will eat you alive. And I'm Adam, I'm sure can tell you a million stories of it's like, someone has a target of 300 Watts and they hit 298 and they're like, I'm horrible. I suck. I, it's like, wait a minute, your power meter might be off. Like there's a yeah. very, you know, so numerous. Yeah. Love that. And then on the micro scale, specific yep. workouts that you love to do. Let's see. Or said um, differently when Adam schedules them, you're like, yes, this is what I want to be doing. I want to go crush this. Um, well, there's not many of those days. I'm usually like, Oh, this is going to hurt. <laughs> Well, then tell us those ones. We want to hear yeah, those. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, let me think. Uh, let's see. Um, I mean, a big one is over-unders. Like, that's, that's, those, are, those are fun. They hurt a lot. Um, and I think they're really, really effective. Um, because in a race, a lot of times guys will be like, oh, yeah, I can do 390 watts for 20 minutes. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then we race, and then they're off the back. And I'm like, bro, what happened? You could do 390 for 20 minutes. And what happens is it's not 390 for the bottom part of the climb. Like it's, it's, it's 500 for the first two minutes and then it's 330 and then they ramp it up to 360 and then down to 350 and then a sprint at the end. And so it might average out to like 370, 380, but it, it almost never is when it comes down to it. And so um, 30, 30s are really fun. And then working on what I just said, like threshold, with sprints back to threshold. Those are probably my favorite because I know how effective they are. So they're, they're like a eight minute to 10 minute effort. And you'll hold, like you'll start out with a, with a 20 second sprint, just wow, as hard as you can, and then settle into your threshold or above threshold, actually above threshold. And then every two minutes, it'll be another 20, 30 second punch and then back down to that threshold. So extremely hard workout. Um, I almost never can get through 10 minutes of it. It's brutal. Uh, but those are probably my favorite cause I know how effective they are. Dude, this is like, I always laugh. There's always something that somebody says that I'm like, someone's going to think I'm like paying these people to say this. Cause that was one of the intervals I said is most effective for most riders because you're not only working like the lactate clearance when you spot, do that spike riding at or above threshold and just that undulating, uh, mm-hmm power it's so race-like and i have to give out a shout out to my coach tom who got me way more into doing undulating power stuff because i think it's easy to you know you come up and everyone talks about like their 20 minute effort the 20 minute power well don't even get me started what's your (laughs) alex what's your watch for kg we need to find out you know and it's like and, and i just i go in a lot of forums i really like chatting with people about training and it's um race day is very different from what some people are doing for training. It's like, well, you can't, you, you can't like just turn it on one. If you're racing once a month as an amateur, like you can't just go turn it on. Like that's probably why you're getting dropped. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. no, I'm, this is, this is, there's this study that tells me that if I get my Watts per KG to this, I'm going to be really good. I'm like, it, no, not necessarily. Like you might want to oh. think about this differently. So this is, this is good for people to hear like the real life, uh, simulation yeah. and making your training. Like it doesn't have to be, like you said, it doesn't have to be a four hour 
250 TSS, it's go do these 10 minute intervals that you then can utilize in the race. That's huge, man. That's a really Mm -hmm. good pointer for people to hear. Um, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What do you, do you ever feel like you trained too much or had the, before you were working with Adam, like what brought you to get a coach? And I mean, you're <laughs> super young, so maybe you were just, you got a coach right away. Yeah. So I, I didn't really, I didn't ride before I met Adam. Okay. Uh, I, I grew up playing hockey my whole life and, you know, didn't really have any interest in getting on my bike. Uh, however, my dad raced. Um, and that's kind of how I started getting into it. And over the summers, I would kind of just ride my bike, go to crit practice with him, go to a couple of local crits in Kansas City, you know, some cat five crit, what a, nothing, you know, just like having fun, not training, uh, coming straight from the ice rink, getting on my bike, that kind of thing. Yeah, I took it really, really lax. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's for the best or not, you know, we'll see how my career pans out in the next few years. Um, but yeah, I started after high school, uh, in, right into college. That's kind of when I started getting more serious. And when I was like, okay, I need a coach. I need, I need some structure. Like if I want to actually make it, you know, I need to have someone telling me what's good, what to do, what not to do. Um, it's interesting know. that you say that dude, because there, I can't remember this podcast. And I was just talking about this. I think to James Piccoli of the difference in uh, a guy was saying, Hey, if you look at a lot of super high level athletes when you look in their background they were multi-sport athletes they weren't like the nowadays a lot of kids are like oh you're pretty good at soccer all you're doing is soccer cam and soccer 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 but the skills transfer and the example i give from my life i played basketball for a really long time i didn't find cycling till later in life and being a center you have a lot of court awareness you have to watch people on the baseline you have to like see other things obviously the guards that are bringing the ball up that us so you're taking sure. inventory of everybody and it gives me in my brain, I'm like, oh, that, like, I feel really good when I'm in a group and I'm like t- taking inventory of all the riders around me. Who's doing what? How do people look? Yeah. Da, da, da. And so yeah. it just had me thinking of like, how can athletes take what they've learned from another sport? Because a lot of Americans, we find cycling later. A lot of adults find it later. And it's always interesting to hear like, what's their other background? So hockey, you strike me as a right winger. What what position were you playing? <laughs> no, actually, I, I played center. For, okay. I, most of my high school, I'm, I'm left-handed as well. So nice. I, I play left wing and center. So, uh, that that's usually my, my go-to spot. I'm lefty, but I shoot right. So it's awkward. It's weird like that. Oh really? Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, everybody that does it for part one with Alex Hone. Alex, thank you, man. Good luck at pro Nats this weekend. Hopefully when we're posting this next week, you are national champion or one of our awesome previous guests guys we'll be back with part two later in the week please let your friends know about the interview with alex and if you're listening on itunes please leave us a review we would greatly appreciate five stars if you think we earned it talk to you guys later